Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown with your host here, Pastor Brandon, and you made it. You made it through Leviticus chapter 1, and nobody died. No one got arrested. It was fine. <laughs> and you know, you, hey, you know you enjoyed it. You, you know you did. If you didn't, pretend you did. All right. All right. I'm not going to keep making these for everyone. I'm just reminding you that my past self is about to come on here and is about to go through Leviticus chapter 2 because this whole big idea started when our church was going through the book of Leviticus and people kept saying, PB, if you were in my living room with me as I was reading this, I would read it. But since you're not, no thank you. I was like, well, what if I could be? And that's where all this came from, okay? So from now to the rest of Leviticus, I want to encourage you every day to read God's Word. The more you dig, the more you find. And God's Word is great. So we're just going to break it down one passage at a time and just pull out all the goodness, okay? Happy reading. Well, hello, welcome back to the journey through the book of Leviticus. My goal, once again, Pastor Brandon here, is to just walk with you through the book of Leviticus and help you see that there is value to this sometimes challenging book of the Bible. So I want you to imagine you and I sitting across a coffee table for one another. We've both got a cup of coffee, and we're just talking through God's Word together and just seeing what we can pull out of this book because, as we talked about last time, this is a wonderful book because it is God's way of caring for the little things of trying to help the nation of Israel stay free. God wasn't interested only in getting them out of Egyptian bondage. He wanted them to arrive safely into the promised land and then even further. But the challenge was, is free people did not know how to stay free. They had not been free for hundreds of years. And so he hadn't have put together the book of Leviticus by the time the 40 years of wandering was over. There wouldn't have been a nation of Israel to go into the promised land. They would have been dead of disease. They would have been overrun by a neighboring army. Or they would have just died out from not knowing how to take care of the little things that was going on. And so God, in his goodness, set up this law and told them, do this, do that. When this goes wrong, this is what you need to do so that they were able to thrive in this new freedom that they had. And like I talked about last time, it would be the same thing if for my daughters who are almost their age to drive. I, If I were to just tell them, hey, go get in the car and I hope it works out for you, oh my goodness, I wouldn't want them to leave my driveway. I much less wouldn't want them to get on the road because they'd hurt themselves and hurt someone else. But because I love them, I give them the rule book, the rules of the road to let them know when they need to go, when they need to stop and to always stay within the guardrails so that they can enjoy the freedom that driving provides. So that's what the book of Leviticus is all about. Chapter one was about burnt offerings. And now chapter two is on grain offerings. And now grain offerings, the Bible doesn't say specifically when they required other than during harvest time. The nation of Israel were farmers, and now they were nomads during the 40 years of wandering, but they would do a whole lot of farming as well, and that's how they would take care of themselves. And every year around the harvest time, when they would bring in their crops, the first thing they would do is they would have a first fruits, and this would be the main time that they would use these grain offerings. But they were also used 
throughout the year. And the main purpose of the grain offerings was to show thankfulness for the Lord, thankful for a good harvest. Number two was to express their dependence on God, that without Him, they wouldn't have a harvest at all. And then number three is, is Numbers chapter 28 teaches us that they were also as an act of worship where they would be made every morning and every evening just to celebrate the thankfulness of the Lord and their continual dependence on Him. So we're going to read through these in three sections, verses 1 through 3 then 4 through 10, and then 11 through 16. And so the goal of this, once again, is to read this together and kind of pull out things as we go. So in the first section, what I want you to see is, first of all, all three of these offerings were were to be presented to God without yeast in them. Yeast throughout the Bible was thought to be a symbol, symbol of sin. So God is saying, when you offer this to me, do it without sinfulness. Do it without the idea of an ulterior motive. Bring it to me as an act of worship. The second thing you'll see in this first section is that they were also to mix in the frankincense. Now, I don't know if you've ever burned any frankincense, like with essential oils or whatever, but it smells amazing. So imagine with me as we read this, that as they put this on the altar and as the flames consume it, this amazing smell, aroma of frankincense would go up before the Lord as a symbol of worship to the Lord. And then lastly, what you'll see in these is that after they offered a certain portion of this, the rest of it would go to the priests for their portion. The priests were not given an allotment of land with the other uh, 12 tribes. Their allotment was to take care of the house of God, the tabernacle. And so their wages, how they were paid, was with what was left over after all of this is over with. So when you see that and say it's been given to Aaron the priest, this is how they were able to support their families through what was left over. So here we go. Here's verse 1 through verse 3. When you present grain as an offering to the Lord, the offering must consist of choice flour. You are to pour olive oil on it and sprinkle it with frankincense and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priests will scoop out a handful of flour moistened with oil and together with all the frankincense and burn this representative portion on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons. This offering will be considered a most holy part of a special gift presented to the Lord. So once again, they would put it on the altar, and then what was left went to Aaron and the priest. Now, verse 4 through 10 about processed grain offerings. If your offering is a grain offering baked in an oven, it must be made of choice flour but without any yeast. It may be presented in the form of thin cakes mixed with olive oil or wafers spread with olive oil. That sounds like that would taste really, really good. If your grain offerings is cooked on a griddle, it must be made of choice flour mixed with olive oil but without any yeast. Break it into pieces and pour the olive oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is prepared in a pan, it must be made of choice flour and olive oil. No matter how the grain offering for the Lord has been prepared, bring it to the priest who will present it at the altar. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain offering and burn it on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons as their food. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. So once again, you see that the first one was just bringing the just the raw stuff. The second one was if you cook it, bring it to the Lord. And then finally, additional grain offering regulations finishing 11 through 16. 
Do not use yeast in preparing any of the grain offerings you present to the Lord, because no yeast or honey may be burned as a special gift presented to the Lord. Remember I said earlier that in other places in the Bible, yeast is representation of sin. All right, verse 12. You may add yeast and honey to an offering as a first crops of your harvest, but these must never be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. Pause. The reason why they would do that is salt was considered to be something that couldn't be burned up even with fire. And so what they were saying is, or what God was saying is, is when you add salt, you're remembering that my covenant with you lasts forever. All right, picking back up, verse 14. If you present a grain offering to the Lord from the first portion of your harvest, bring fresh grain that is coarsely ground and roasted on a fire. Verse 15. Put olive oil on the grain offering and sprinkle it with frankincense. Finally, verse 16, the priest will take a representative portion of the grain moistened with oil together with all the frankincense and burn it as a special gift presented to the Lord. So what we just got through reading is chapter one was the burnt sacrifices. Chapter two is the grain offerings which were intended for worship. And so the overall principle that we could take away from this is that God wants you to enjoy the harvest But also in the process, enjoy it with him. Bring a portion to him and worship the Lord by celebrating what God has done and also remembering that it was God that gave you the strength to do it and just increasing your love for the Lord. The New Testament representation for that is that is one of the reasons why we honor God by bringing a tithe of what we bring to him. It is our way of saying, God, thank you so much for giving me this job, for giving me the strength to do it, and I'm bringing a portion of it back to you. That would be one of the main principles that I would take away. I want to know from you, what is the main principle that you took away from chapter two? I look forward to hearing it from you in the comments on this video, but also I want you to soak through it and I'm excited to see what God continues to speak to your life. And I will see you next time for chapter three of the book of Leviticus. 